Suppose just for a moment that you could spend time with anyone in the world. Who, who would you want to spend time with? Who, who is that person that you would not even believe would send you an invitation to hang out with them? Uh, a backstage pass, uh, an, an intimate dinner with just you and, and two or three of your closest friends. Can, can you imagine just for a moment the person you admire the most, the author that you admire, uh, the, the television personality that you admire, and, and they would give you an opportunity to spend time with them. Now, as exciting as that may be, to think about an invitation from who? Denzel. Oprah. Right? Uh, Obama. Right? I mean, as exciting as it would be to get an invitation to spend time with them, I've got an even more exciting invitation that you already have gotten. And that's an invitation to spend time with God. Oh, my God. Just for a minute, can you just realize that the sovereign, almighty God of the universe has given you an open invitation to come and talk to him and to let him converse back with you. See, here's what many of us miss. We, we miss the importance of prayer. Uh, we, we miss the significance of prayer. For, for many of us, prayer is a spiritual 911 call. And if we don't have an emergency, we don't pray. And when the emergency comes, oh, then we all on our knees, we crying, we snotting before God. Oh, my Lord, I need you now if I ever need you before. But you don't talk to him on the reg. When you have a need, then you call him. But God has given an invitation to you and to me to converse with him every day and all the time. That's why in Hebrews 4, 16, the writer says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, how to pray so you can make it each day. How to pray, and pray is an acronym that I'm going to fill out for you. P-R-A-Y, how to pray so you can make it each day. Uh, today, I want you to understand and learn a very fundamental principle about prayer. For some of you, this may be new information. For others of you, this may be simply a reminder. But I need you to know that prayer is never intended to be a monologue. It is intended to be a dialogue. Prayer is never to be intended for you just to talk to God and then hang up the phone. There is supposed to be this conversating that's going on where you are positioning yourself in prayer to not only communicate to God, but to hear from God. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. For those of you who are streaming with us live, you can go online, download our app, or go to our website 
and you can find the outline there for you on today. Our foundational passage is found in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 18 and going through verse 19. Now, what's interesting is Ephesians chapter 6, that final chapter in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, uh, that final portion of the chapter uh, chronicles and focuses on the armor of God that the believer, you and I have a responsibility to put on the whole armor of God, that we are to be aware that, number one, we are in a spiritual battle, that we are engaged in spiritual warfare. And while you may not be uh, consciously or intentionally engaging in battle with the devil, the devil is intentionally engaging in battle with you. God wants you to know that you are in a fight and you have to put on the spiritual armor of God. If you go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, you will hear the apostle Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. Everybody say whole armor whole armor of God. Now, not only is this more than you can preach in one sermon, this is really more than you can write about in one book. I mean, this idea of the armor and the outgrowth of the armor and how we are to display the armor of God is a a very, very significant part of walking in obedience to the Lord. But let's just identify the pieces of the armor. He says, first, fasten on you the belt of truth the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Then he says, make sure you put shoes on your feet, shod your feet with the gospel of peace. Put up or take up the shield of faith. Put on, verse 17, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. But after you do all of that, Paul says in verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Which means what? None of the armor can fully function at its fullest capacity unless you as a child of God are committed to praying. Committed to praying. There are two times that I've discovered you can convict a Christian real quick. Ask them how many times they've shared their faith And ask them how many times they prayed or how they're doing in their prayer life. Because for most of us, if we remove praying over our food and praying at night before you go to bed, because your grandmama taught you to do that, and that little thank you, you Lord, in the morning when you get up, we don't do a whole lot of intentional and intense praying. Uh, Let me share with you. Uh, several things today around this thought of how to pray so you can make it each day. Number one, you must pray at all times. Uh, Verse 18, and and, and let me just walk through this topical expositional message. Um, I'm not going to be exhaustive today, um, but I do want you to hear the principles and be able to apply them in your own life. Number one, you must pray at all times. Verse 18, the A part says praying at all times times. Um, The believer who is not always praying is not acknowledging God's power and is not positioned 
to receive fully God's protection. You, you have to be praying at all times. Um, most of us, I said earlier, use prayer as kind of our spiritual 911. So when we get in trouble, like we call 911 when we need help, we call on God when we need help, not realizing that we need God all the time and we need God's help all the time. Whether you need it as a reactor to what you're dealing with or you need it proactively, you need to learn how to pray at all times. I was talking to a friend not long ago and we were talking about responding to people who get on your nerves or how people just, man, irk you and they come at you the wrong way and you just kind of go, you just go off, right? Or you're ready to go off. And he says something to me very interesting. He says, um, Pastor, he said, you know what I've learned to do? I've learned to preemptively pray and preemptively forgive. And so I was, I was, I was fascinated by that. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I, I've just learned how to pray and, and, and pray before I get in a situation so I'm not praying afterwards, right? I'm, I'm praying before, and I'm asking God to give me a spirit of forgiveness before I get into a situation. So when the person does me wrong, I'm already in that space of forgiving, and I don't have to work my way to there through the anger that I might initially feel. Does that make sense for somebody? Do I have two or three people that can agree with me? Sometimes you got to pray preemptively, right? But he says we got to pray at all times. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Let's read it together. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Colossians 4, 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. 1 Chronicles 16, 11, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Everybody say continually. You must pray at all times. Here's the second thing. Number two, he says you must pray in the spirit. You must pray in the spirit, right? Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. You must pray in the spirit. Now, let me tell you something. This might seem obvious. This might seem like something. Pastor, I don't even know why you're mentioning it. I'll tell you why I'm mentioning it because I'm not going to talk about you. I'll just talk about me. Sometimes I'm not praying in the spirit like I need to. I know y'all are real holy, so y'all not going to go with me here. I'm just going to confess my stuff, right? Sometimes I'll be praying and I'll think about it and I'm praying more in my flesh than I am in the spirit. I'm praying, Lord, let this cup pass from me, but I never tack on at the end. Nevertheless, thy will be done. I'm going to see if I can get some of y'all go along with me. I'm praying, and watch this. I'm telling God not only what I want him to do, but I'm telling God how to do it. But I never get to that place where I'm saying, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. And here's what I've discovered. When I am consciously praying in the Spirit, Many times it won't give my flesh an opportunity 
to rise in my praying. I'll find myself praying in the spirit and have to look at myself and go, boy, you sure are praying today. And you done left that flesh out of there, right? Because in my flesh, see, here's, here's the problem. We think just because we pray it, that sanctifies it. And you can say some ungodly stuff to God, it's still ungodly. Just because you prayed it, you can have ungodly thoughts. And you can take them to God. God bless you, but they're still not godly because you took them to God. He says you got to learn how to pray in the spirit. You got to learn how to pray in the spirit of God. It, it is literally, that's why prayer is a worship experience, right? It is a worship experience because it is a conversation with the holy and watch this. We should let the holy guide and direct our conversation with him. Uh, watch what the text says, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Let's read it together. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Be conscious about praying in the spirit, asking God to help you pray in the spirit and less praying in your flesh. Here's the third thing. Number three, you must persevere or be persistent in your praying. You must persevere or be persistent in your praying. Praying at all times in the spirit and with, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for the saints. I'll get to that last part in just a moment, but the idea of persevering, the idea of being persistent really comes into play, especially when you get to the place where you stop praying, you are inconsistent in your praying, or watch this, your prayers don't seem to be answered, so you don't see the need to keep praying. And one of the reasons we stop praying when we should keep praying is because we are expecting the wrong thing from our prayers. See, somehow we've gotten this idea that if we pray, God is obligated to do what we ask him to do. Especially if we tag on in the name of Jesus. Whatever I ask for, whatever I pray, if I tag on in the name of Jesus, that's it. Done deal. Come on, God, I'm waiting on you. Uh, I, I was with a, a friend of mine who had a buddy with him, and he said, Kofi, come on, take a ride with us. And I said, okay. And so we're riding, and so I leaned over to my friend. I said, man, where are we going? He said, he wants to go to a car dealer. 
I said, he wants to go to a car dealership for what? He said, he wants to buy a car. And I said, okay. So we're riding and we get to the car dealership and uh, it, it's a real expensive car. I'm trying to remember the name. It, 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 a Bentley, Bentley dealership. It's a Bentley dealership. And I said, man, what are we doing here? I said, he got money like that? He said, no. I said, so why are we here? He said, because he said God's going to give him a Bentley. So he walking around the Bentley dealership. Now, I just got out to stretch my legs. I, I ain't buying nothing, right? You know, car dealer looks at me. I'm like, mm-mm, him over there. No, sir. And that brother walking around, and he laying hands on the Bentleys. And he claiming Bentleys. Y'all, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like, he claiming a, does he have cash for a Bentley? Does he have credit for a Bentley? Does he have a job to pay for a Bentley? No, but he's just claiming a Bentley. And I said, all right. I said, okay. So he went in, y'all. Listen, uh, the true story. He went in, and he sat down with the lady. And, 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 and you know, I'm just sitting there, and I, I'm talking to my friend. I said, I said man, I said, she's going to be mad when she sit there and go through all this paperwork. And she find out he got a credit of 530 or something. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, my God. And she, <laughs> so he went through all that paperwork and whatnot. And he told the lady he's going to check on a couple of things and he'll be back the next day. And he left all his information and whatnot and just told her to call, right? So the next day I see the guy say, hey, man, what's going on with your car, man? You going to go pick it up today? You know, y'all pray for I'm being a little messy. I know I'm being a little messy. I know I, know I am. I know I am. I, I was just trying to plan the day. I didn't know if we had to take him back by to pick up the car. You know what I mean? So, so he said, man, he said, man, it's crazy, man. I said, what happened? He said, man, I've been calling that lady all day. She ain't answered my calls. She ain't returned my calls, right? See, sometimes we just start claiming stuff that God hasn't named. Right? And then we want to stop praying because God didn't answer our prayers. Listen, prayer is more about you becoming, not you getting. Let me say it again for somebody. Prayer is more about you becoming what God wants you to become and not getting from God whatever you want from him. Stop treating God like he is your cosmic concierge. That he is your benevolent bellhop. And you can just call him and just tell him, and then God is obligated to move right then when you say, in the name of Jesus. Because you got to find your way to God's will. And watch this. God is not excited by the stuff you want that can't, transcend time into eternity. Because all the stuff that you may pray for and all the stuff you may get and claim as a blessing from God, when you die, it stays here. 
nothing goes with you and nothing gets used on the other side. Paul says, keep praying. Be, be persistent, persevere in your, in your praying. And, and maybe you need to check with God if God's not answering the prayer you want him to answer in the way you want an answer. Maybe the problem is not who you are praying to, but maybe the problem is what you've been praying. Maybe you've been praying amiss. Let me see if I can give you another example. Um, I had a lady call me having some marital problems, and she called me. She said, Pastor, I listened to your radio show, and I know you have a lot of connections, and can you recommend a divorce attorney for me? And I said, huh? She said, well, I know you have a lot of attorneys, and I know you have attorneys in church. I need a divorce attorney. And I said, okay, tell me what's going on. She's not a member of the church, uh, but I know her from the community. And so she asked me some questions. So I started asking her some questions, right? And everything that she was saying was what was wrong with her husband and all of the issues that he's having and what he's not doing. And so after about 30 minutes of that, I finally said to her, I asked her, I said, uh, can I ask you what you're doing? Like, what, what are you doing? What's, how, because everything, see, here's what I've learned. This is interesting about counseling. I've learned if, if when folk talk long enough, they tell on themselves. <laughs> right? And so, so I started telling, I said, well, it, it sounds like you're having this problem. And she said, how do you know that? I said, because of what you said. And it sounds like you're doing this. How do you know that? Because of what you said. <laughs> like she wanted to ask me, had I talked to her husband? I don't even know your husband. I've been listening to what you said. And finally, I said to her, I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, before I give you an attorney, I said, I want you to start praying. I'm tired of praying for him. I said, no, no, no. I don't want you to pray for him. I need you to pray for you. I need you to pray for you. And so we started identifying some areas that she needed to pray, right? She's a believer. I said, now you need to pray. You need to trust God in this area. You need to do, you know, here's how we need it. And I would, every week she would call me and check in, and she was praying. They're still not only together, but they've reconciled their marriage. But she realized that the change that she had to make started with her and not with him. Can I tell you something? When my glasses are dirty, the whole world looks dirty. But I can't try to clean the world. First thing I need to do is do what? Clean my own glasses, y'all. And somebody in here, you got to start with yourself. You got to start with yourself. Matthew 26, verse 40 and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Luke 18, 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Here's number four. And the final thing, you must pray for others. You must pray for others. 
Paul says, making supplication for all the saints, verse 19, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. The word supplication is, is to petition, right? Specifically, it's, it's a kind of intercession that we make, that we are called to pray for others. Uh, one of the great sermons that our pastor Emeritus uh, preached, as a matter of fact, it was the last sermon that he preached here at Good Hope. It was the last sermon he preached. He told me he had retired from preaching. Uh, he was well into his 90s, and I, asked, I told him, I said, well, pastor, I said, if you're going to retire from preaching, the last sermon you preach has to be at Good Hope. You've given over half of your life to this church. 14 years as an associate minister, 30 years as the pastor, and at that point, 20 years as the pastor emeritus. I said, you got to preach your last sermon at Good Hope. And I said, now I'm not the Holy Ghost. I said, but I'm going to put a request in. And I put a request in for the sermon I wanted to hear him preach. And the sermon was titled, Us is Prayer. Us is Prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us. He said, and the problem with too many of us is we pray I and we don't pray us. We are so myopic in our prayer life that all we do is pray for me, myself, and I. We don't pray for us. You, you, you're, you can be so selfish in your praying. Listen to me carefully. You are married, and the two shall become one flesh, but you don't pray for your own flesh because you don't pray for your own spouse. Oh, you'll pray on them. God, get them straight. In the name of Jesus. Whatever you got to do, Lord. Break them if you got to break them, Lord. Mold them if you got to mold them. In the name of Jesus. Man, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. You're supposed to be praying for your spouse like you'd be praying for yourself. Because I don't hear us talking about, now, Lord, you can break me if you want to. Have your way, Lord. Tear me up. Whip me all night long if you got to, Lord. Oh, no, no, no. You ain't praying that prayer for you. Right? He said, we got to learn how to pray for each other. We got to pray for each other. Folk that get on your nerve, now pray for them. Folk that, that, that do you wrong, supposed to pray for them. You look, mic check, one, two. <laughs> mic. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. I see you, right? You, you're supposed to be praying for them. You're sitting on, pa you, Pastor, you don't even understand. You don't know what they're doing. I, doesn't matter what they're doing. I'm asking you what you're going to do, child of God. He says, you got to pray for it. Now, now, 
Paul is pretty simple here, right? Because he's not even challenging us to pray for the difficult people in life. He's like, pray for the people who walk with you. Um, Pray for the people who are in warfare with you. In other words, Christians who are in the battle with you. Uh, Pray for the people who witness with you, who work with you, who worship with you. That that might be a good place to start. Just learn how to pray for each other. Just learn how to pray for each other right here in this room. Pray for each other, those who are watching. Pray pray for them. Like, we're not even going to give you a difficult test, right? Pray for each other, for the folk who know Jesus, or at least say they know Jesus. How do we pray for one another? Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.25, brothers, pray for us. Brothers, pray for us. 2 Thessalonians 3.1, finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. How, how meaningful is it to know that somebody's praying for you? How, how, how much does it touch you when somebody walks up to you, especially when you've been going through some stuff that you didn't tell anybody else about? And they say, hey, I've been praying for you. I don't know what's going on. Right? Man, I, man that blesses me, y'all. That blesses me. And, and here's what I've learned as God brings people to my mind and my remembrance. I'm not just saying something brought them to my mind. I'm like, no, the Holy Spirit brought them to my mind. Let me pray for them right now. And I've been doing that, and I ran into a person that I hadn't seen in a while, but the Lord had put him on my heart, and I had been praying for him. And I said, hey, man, you know what? It's great seeing you, man. You know what? We haven't talked in a minute, man, but I was praying for you the other day. And that dude just looked at me. He was like, wow. He said, man, you don't know how much that means. I've been going through. All right? Let me give you the acronym. Pray. This blessed me. Those of you who are in rooted and grounded groups, everybody that's in rooted and grounded, say amen. amen. All right, great. Those of you who are not in rooted and grounded yet, I'm going to give you a preview. And I want to give you an opportunity to put this into practice because this is not something you want to do one time. This is something you want to do regularly. Pray. Pray. Many of us have heard the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication, right? In our rooted and grounded groups, we use the acronym PRAY. P, praise. Praise. So I'm going to give you something. How many of you have prayed an hour, not rooted and grounded people, outside of rooted and grounded, how many of you have prayed an hour in your life or spent an hour of intense time with God? Not rooted in grounded groups, just other people. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Good. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you a tool to spend an hour uninterrupted with God. Now, I know for some of you that's going to scare you, right? Because when Jesus said, could you not tarry one hour? Watch and pray. I don't know about you, but I used to be like, man, I don't know if I can make it that hour, Jesus. Like, I'm, I ain't talking about the disciples because I don't know if I could do that. All right? Pray, praise, praise. Spend time reminding yourself of the great and glorious God that we serve. See, many times we are struggling with what we're going through because we forget to remind ourselves of the God who has already brought us through. We get so caught up in what's in front of us that we don't find encouragement and inspiration from what's behind us. 
praise. R, repent. <coughs> repent. Repent is more than just saying, God, I'm sorry. It's sorrow with the intention of not repeating the offense again. I messed up. I'm doing an about face. 180 degrees, going the other direction. If this direction was bad, I'm not keeping on going down that direction. I'm going in this direction. I want to change my behavior and change who I am. Right? Repent. A, ask. Ask. Because when I get to that place and I have praised God and I have repented, now I'm better positioned to ask God for what I need and what I want God to do, especially with me. Why? Yield. Yield. Now, you all, I'm going to tell you something about yielding. Yield. Y-I-E-L-D. Yield. Let me tell you what's important about yielding. When you yield, you literally be quiet and say, Lord, let me hear from you. Speak to me. Bring back to my remembrance, Holy Spirit. Right? Now, I don't know how God speaks to you. And I'm certainly not going to tell you God only speaks in one way because that's not true. God speaks through his word. Uh, some of you, you say God speaks to you in dreams. Some of you, still small voice. Some of you, through songs. Some of you, through other people. Here's all I've learned. I want to be sensitive to hear what God is saying. Through whomever and whatever means God chooses to communicate. So I'm not sitting there saying, God's got to talk this way. No, I'm, I'm just saying, speak, Lord, and let me hear what you're saying to me. And let your servant obey what you're saying. So, let me give you a little plan. P-R-A-Y. Praise. Repent, ask, and yield. Okay? Take that down for me. 15 minutes in each area. Spend 15 minutes in praise. Hey, man. Sing your song, play your favorite song, and sing along with it. Spend that time just giving God praise for what he has done, for what he is doing in your life. 15 minutes. 15 minutes repenting. Don't act like you don't have 15 minutes worth of repenting you can do, right? I mean, listen, when you start thinking about your thoughts, your words, your deeds your actions and your attitude, right? 
You might need to spill over some and take some time from somewhere else. Ask 15 minutes to ask to make your request made known to God and 15 minutes to yield to just sit silently. And guess what you got? An hour you spent with God. Come on, somebody thank God for that. Father, I pray today that somebody has been listening and has been helped. by your message today. I pray, God, that it's as important as it is for us to talk to you, help us to leave here today recognizing that it's important for us to hear from you so that we can walk in obedience to you. Bless now, God, as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.